he had carried through torment on his shoulders, bathing the face, administering salvation by cautious driblets on the blackened, leather-dry lips and tongue. He himself had drunk more and faster. His already painful stomach and chest told him that. But this other man, having a friend to minister, need take no such chance with his life. From his face the sand was washed in little white rivulets. His throat muscles began to move in convulsive twitches of swallowing. As he worked, the tall man cast an occasional glance at the gorge from which flowed the stream. Below was the desert. Above, craggy heaps and barren stretches of stone towered skyward. Blind and senseless, led by some inner guidance, say instinct rather than sense, he had dragged himself and his fellow prospector from the desert's hot, dry clutch. Would the hills prove kinder? Water was here, but what of food? He glanced again up the gorge and saw that beside the swift water there was room for a man to walk, and downstream drifted a green, leafy branch, hurrying and twisting with the current. As liquid iron cools withdrawn from the fire, so the desert cooled with the setting of the sun its furnace. Intolerable whiteness became purple mystery, overhung by a vault of soft and tender blue that deepened, darkened, became set with a million flashing jewels. And under the stars cool night winds roved, like stealthy, invisible prowlers. Up among the rocks they came, stirring the hair of two escaped prisoners of the sun as if with curious fingers. As their chill, stealthy breath struck through to his heated body, the smaller man shivered in his sleep. His companion rolled over and took the unblanketed form in his arms to share with it his own warmth and unconquerable vitality. Dawn came, a hint of dun light. The stars faded and fled in a moment, and saffron glory smote the desert into transitory gold. One man had slept little and the other much, but it was the first who rose strongly from the bare rock and roused the second to action. We're her own men again, he asserted with confident optimism. Tis time we were proving it, and though cold water's a poor breakfast, that's but encouragement to find a better. Come now, stand up on your own two feet, Mr. Kennedy. The or that way we may be seeking it. Unwillingly, the other raised himself. His face, save for the dark stubble of a three days' divorce from the razor, was clean-shaven, and his black hair, dark alert eyes, and the tan inflicted by a Mexican sun gave him almost the look of an Indian. His companion, on the other hand, was of that blond, freckle type which burns but hardly tans at all, and his young, homely face flamed red beneath a thatch of hair nearly as ruddy. Well over six feet in height, lean, tough, with great loose-moving shoulders and slim waist, Cullen O'Hara looked what he was, a stalwart young Irishman whose full power was yet to come with years, but who even at twenty excelled most men in strength and stamina. Under his worn flannel shirt the muscles played, not in lumpy hillocks, but in those long, easy curves that promise endless endurance. "'Come along,' he repeated. They'll be waiting breakfast for us up the arroyo. Who will? Oh, just some more of your nonsense, eh? Can't we even starve to death without your joking over it? And for why should we starve, little man? Take the edge off your temper with this, then. 
he tossed over something which Kennedy caught with eager hands and bit through its gray-green skin almost before looking at it. A uh, lechera pere? He gulped and bit again. Where did you get it? The other pointed at the rushing stream. It came floating down last night and I saved it, thinking you might need a bit of encouragement the morn. Only one? demanded Kennedy with a quick, greedily suspicious glance. Only one. Finishing the milky pulp hurriedly, the dark man washed its sticky juice from his face and hands and turned with a grin. You're a fool to have given it all away, then. Too big a fool for me to believe in. How many did you eat, really? The Irishman's red brows drew together. He turned away. I gave you it all that I might be saved the carrying of you, he flung back. I'd enough of that yesterday. He was striding upstream now, and Kennedy followed, scowling.